Hey, what's up? It's Jeff Staple. The team and I are currently gearing up for season seven of the business of hype, new content, new guests, new gems, and just making sure that the new season comes with that new car smell. So while we are doing this, I thought it'd be cool to share an episode from another podcast. Recently, I was interviewed on a podcast by a previous guest on my podcast. Now, in over 70 episodes of this show, that has only happened one time, and that person is none other than Ben Baller. I interviewed Ben Baller back on episode 15 of the show, and it's one of the most popular shows that we've ever done. If you didn't catch it, I highly recommend that you give it a listen. Then, just about a month ago, I hopped behind the mic on Ben's podcast, the Ben Baller podcast. So since the free world seems to think that we're twins anyway, I thought that we would do an episode swap this week. So we are going to play my episode of the Ben Baller podcast here this week. And if you want to hear the episode of Business of Hype where I interviewed Ben, conveniently, we have put that on the Ben Baller podcast. So you can head over to his podcast and give that a listen as well. That will help you kill over three hours of time waiting while you prepare your eggnog or wrap your Christmas presents. But for real, it's been an amazing year, and I want to thank all of y'all for tuning in, listening, sharing, rating, commenting, all the ings, and coming up to me in public and telling me how much you love the show. I truly hope that you and yours has the most amazing holiday and New Year's. We will see you in 2020 with all new content, all new stuff. It's going to be great, so definitely tune in. All righty, Ben, take it away. So, yo, man, we are back. Another episode of Behind the Baller. I have a crazy, I don't even know what, how to describe this man besides being a, I mean, he is an entrepreneur. This is a business podcast, but streetwear pioneer. Um, he's Asian. He's, people think that we're twins. I don't <laughs> know, man. Twin, Listen, yeah. I got my man Jeff Staple on the show. What's up, Jeff? What up, twin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I know I could Google it, but I just didn't know. What is your last name? Ng. NG, so oh, I'm Chinese, is? yeah, yeah. Oh shit, my yeah. business partner's name is NG. Oh really? My like, my full business partner, who I own VVS with, my uh -huh. cannabis company, his last name is NG. Yeah, that's funny, man. I know you're Chinese. I just um, and that's why I tell people, listen, you know what's fucking crazy? In 2000, fucking 19, I get it when it was 1978 when I was in kindergarten and shit, <laughs> but in 2019, people are like, oh yeah, man, well you you guys are Chinese, like, yeah, bro, no, we're man. just all Chinese, yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, it's even more ridiculous than like, at least like Dominicans or Puerto Ricans or Cuban, you guys all speak Spanish. Like, bro, we don't, like, it's not even the same dialect <laughs> or even, con you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, some of us actually hate each other. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yo, thanks for having me on the show, man. Yeah, for dope. sure, for sure. This is the first time that I've interviewed somebody on my podcast and now I'm on their podcast. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and awesome. I like that I did you in LA and you're doing me in New York. So I know, we, how random, right? Home and court advantage. This? Both in hotel rooms. Both in hotels. This Except, one's a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did you at the where in Glendale. What hotel was that? The it was Hampton like, Inn or something? Yeah, the Hampton Suites and Inn. You pulled right. up in your fucking like, Ferrari yeah, no, into that funny. parking lot. Well, you know what's crazy is um, I have a little bit of loyalty to hotels. Yeah. In New York City, um, the requirement's got to be a five-star hotel, right? But something about me listening to a lot of Biggie lately Mm-hmm. And on the song where uh, I'm fucking you tonight on um, Life After Death, it's a song with R. Kelly. It's, it's a yep. track seven. 
and he says suites at the park meridian and i'm like yo dude that mm. hotel is legendary yeah and i was like fuck it was the park meridian now it's the parker and i was like bro that central park view i remember back in the late 90s around that time i remember it was a big deal to try to get an expensive i, I was i was a a VP of A&R at the record label, it was a big deal to try to expense a $700 a night thing back then. You gotta remember, that's that's $2,000 a night now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. different. And of course, I never had a suite that was 1,700 square feet mm -hmm. and has a fucking dining this room. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And again, look, turn around. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like This view. You know, so Columbus Circle, the whole thing. So it is different from the Glendale fucking, <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at is it's it also shows me how far I came because this is yeah. like, on my own thing. You know what else is ironic is you pulled up to the Hampton Inn in a Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> I pull up to the Parker in a city bike. <laughs> I think did that you, did you really? Yeah, I rode a city bike up here. Oh, wow, and I yeah. saw you on your IG complaining about New York City traffic. Yeah. No, it's gotten worse. You just don't know how to navigate, no, bro. Listen, I lived here, remember for well, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but two years I lived almost two years I lived here and I mastered the train system. Uh -huh. The thing is it's hard to get on a train with a $200,000 watch on. It is a little bit hard, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the only thing. I'd be on a bike too, but it's like I'm not trying to pull up the bathing ape and fucking sweating and shit and fucking... Yesterday was kind of warm. <laughs> Day before yesterday was even way hotter. Right. So it's like I can't, you know. But I do not know... I know I understand the train. I know billionaires are on the train. But again, they're in a fucking, you know, Brooks Brothers suit. Suit, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and they're fucking... Low key. Little attache case. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm... I get stopped everywhere I go here, you know. Right, so, right. In fact, more though. In LA, I get stopped a lot, but because you have to deal with people here, mm -hmm. you're in the streets. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. walking down 56, 40, 45th, 47th, 40, fucking 2nd, <laughs> I'm getting stopped. Yep. You know, are you, are, is that, are you, what? Is that Jeff Staple? No. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? But they're tripping because like, I'm like, what are you doing at Chick fil A? I'm like, I'm getting a sandwich. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? I get hungry too, right? Right. But it's funny. So, you know what? I had some questions, but now that we brought up the whole thing about China, bro, I got to ask, man. Like, I didn't even know what the fuck was going on because I used to frequent Hong Kong so much. I love Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Kevin Poon and Edison and my yeah. boys and this thing. It's like that, you know, liberated, completely just separated shit. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. Like, there was times I didn't have a, a valid Chinese visa and I didn't want one, mm -hmm. right? And I, I've had one for the, the last, I don't know, like eight or nine years. But, you know, like going to Hong Kong was dope and I have to worry about it. Yeah. What do you think about this shit that's going on over there? It's crazy. I have no idea how this is going to end. Like, it's going to end bad because usually when there's like a revolution or something, like right. one party just sort of says like, fuck it, I give up. Or, right. you know, one party relinquishes. Both parties right now are they like on some, yeah, they yeah back and down, we're not bro. blinking. The trip is this to me. I didn't know necessarily everything about it. I knew here and there, and I have friends who live in Hong Kong for 20 years, whatever, you know, I have some some customers of mine. Mm -hmm. There's a Korean kid I know who's, who's um who I never understood. I was like, bro, how the fuck do you have $6 million in cars? And I'm talking about retail, not what the current rate is. So we're talking about maybe wow. in the 10, 12, $20 million of, like he has six foot bronze. He has crazy shit. And I'm mm -hmm. like, bro, what the fuck? Find out later that his family owns Shin Ramen. <laughs> that every single person on earth, they have it on the fucking delis here. In the, you know what I mean? Yeah, Everywhere. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, you're fully Korean. You barely speak Cantonese, but you know, you, you navigate your life in Hong Kong. You know, you are balling out here. And then I have friends who are models there. Right. Um, I have like just, you know, random people. Yeah. And they never have to really worry about shit. I know. And then this shit happens. And I'm like, wait a second. They're like, last time something crazy happened in Hong Kong, it was SARS. Mm -hmm. And everyone left the country. Everyone left this, well, left this, you know, Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. And they thought the world was going to end. They thought it was going to be like 21, 28 days later. Yes. And they left for real. Uh-huh. 
one of the crazy parts about that thing is one of my business partners who I have a small business with, he ended up taking out a loan mm -hmm. for millions, like multi-millions at a time where you couldn't take loans because people were tripping. And um, he took loans at 40% interest because of what was going on. Yeah. And he bought skyscrapers, 40 to 80 foot, uh, 40 to 80 story for skyscrapers in all of Hong Kong city uh -huh. in Hong Kong. He was buying 80, 80 story high skyscrapers for $3 million. Wow. Yeah. One is worth a billion now, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. So he became a billionaire off that. And the crazy part was he was paying the interest for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then when that shit passed, I mean, there's more billionaires in Hong Kong than there is here in New York City now. Yep. Which is, New York had the, the reign supreme for the longest. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with those regular billionaires. My boy kind of had, it's like, it just was just a, a ballsy move. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I asked him, and I said, bro, what are you doing? Your kids, all three kids go to school in Hong Kong. He mm -hmm. was, uh, yeah, currently we've been living in Barcelona for the last, you know, few months. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, he goes, Ben, man, you know, they've taken over the airports and stuff. And you never yeah. know what day it might happen. Mm -hmm. I can't, I just don't want to have that feeling of, well, I can't go to the airport today. I can't do this. I really don't know what's going on. I'm like, bro, you own a $70 million house in fucking East TST. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and he's like, um... He's like, right now, I just, I really, thank God I do have the, the means to not worry about it. Yeah. He's like, but I can't have our situation over there because he said they're literally areas of where you don't know where the fuck things are. I mean, you do know, he says, mm -hmm. where people are blocked off areas. Yeah, they announce like, it and stuff. But you're talking about normal areas that you've walked around are filled with people. And people in China already wear the masks, you know, because the yep. bad air. Yep. That's just a trend in Korea, China, Japan. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, man, it's getting bad. You don't know what the fuck is going on. And these are like dudes you would laugh at, but now they're upset. Mm -hmm. And there's just, and so the city's fucked up. And I'm like, okay, hold on. What is, what's really going on though? So I had to listen to Michael Rapport's podcast because he has this political correspondent that goes on there and talks. And then I found out that, you know, they don't want Hong Kong to be this fucking, like, you know, like this liberated fucking area. And, and yeah. What's the agreement? Do you know it's like 2050 is when it's supposed to be, where it's supposed to be up for? Part of China again? Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, no, fuck that. We're going to change it. And now mm -hmm. it's 2020. And I'm like, how are you going to take 30 years off of a deal? You know, a deal, right? <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's, listen, if they ban me for life, it is what it is. They're starting to ban people for everything. Yeah, it's I don't real. know if you saw, they, they banned Zed, the DJ, because really? he liked the South Park tweet. Wow. And then I remember Rocky, when, uh, did you go to Intersect? I forgot. No, I didn't go. Okay, at Intersect, Rocky performed uh -huh. and ASAP, and, and he threw the microphone down because the sound was off. Mm-hmm. They banned him for that. There's, you know, there's a lot of crazy bannings. You know yeah, that, right? I they banned Lincoln Park. Yeah. So maybe they banned about this. I, listen, tell you the truth, I don't know what side is what. And I don't really, I, I got no issues with nobody, mm -hmm. you know? But it would suck. Yeah. But how, how do you feel about like, I mean, I mean, how often do you go back to, to China or New, uh, to, to HK? Like five, six times a year, bro. Yeah, shit, dude. <laughs> I go to China more than HK though. Right. I actually like China more. I'm a little opposite. <laughs> I, I had a tough time navigating Beijing uh -huh. um, when I had Superism, um, the men's line, and then became a kids' line. ASAP Rocky owned, would be a majority owner. Um, our factory was in Dongguan. Yeah. So, you know, it's like past Guangzhou mm -hmm. in the area. And you, when you really see, like, it's different. You go to Hong Kong 15 times. You go to Shanghai, you go to Beijing. Even in Beijing is where I saw some serious poverty still. Yep. And then you go into Dongguan. And, and like, yeah. and you start seeing, like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Like, Guangzhou's one thing. And going to, do you ever go to the marketplace where like they have all the yep. crazy? Yeah. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Going to fucking Dongguan, I remember being stuck in traffic and it was a, 
18 miles maybe. Yeah. 18 miles in China is equivalent to, you know, maybe 100 miles here, right? I remember we got stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Mm-hmm. And I told Michael from Publish, I was like, bro, I don't give a fuck. Find me a helicopter in Guangzhou. And I don't care if it costs $15,000. I'm not even joking you. And he's starting to trip out. He don't realize how bad my anxiety is getting. I'm starting to really lose it. And then my mental health starts to, like really getting bad. And now I'm getting it fucked up for all the people on the, on the van. Yeah. And I feel bad. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, I'm not this guy, but this is crazy. Bro, it took us three hours to get to Guangzhou from Dongguan when uh-huh. it should have been maybe a 45-minute drive Ugh. with the t- typical traffic on the way home. I decided to take a different type of transportation that got me to my spot in like 50 minutes. It took the rest of the people to get to our hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready for this one, bro? 10 hours, dude. Oh my God. You would have straight killed no, people. No, bro, they were starting, they, they started getting violent. Bro, the, the driver made a wrong, he made a wrong exit. One wrong turn, yeah. One exit took two and a half hours and they were tripping. Bro, they were Snapchatting. Mm-hmm. And they were literally stopped, dead stopped. One of them walked to finally found a convenience store. It took yeah. them an hour to walk and find it. They came back and still were able to walk in the shit. The car had moved maybe 40, 50 feet. Like, this is some crazy shit. Wow. So I'm trying to tell people how it gets them. And I yeah. remember telling some guy in Beijing, he told me during the Olympics, they had like these luxuries for the people who were super wealthy and the people weren't. And he said traffic would be booked up for days. Days. The army, army had to get involved to like. People don't get it. Like literally you sit in traffic for days. Yeah, days. And then I remember I had an appearance at this nightclub in Beijing. And um, they told me the place was like two miles. I was like, two miles? Like, <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> now, mind you, it's like 175% humidity outside. It's like 88 degrees. And I didn't know that water, cold water, and ice cubes are like a beyond luxury. Yeah. Like, the motherfucker will give you some Gucci pants before they give you some cold water, right? Ice. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on over here, right? I'm in the Four Seasons, bro. Someone's got to, this is some crazy shit. And I remember walking down and seeing people like an old 80-year-old dude with an 85-year-old woman on the back of the bike and then a kid in the fucking basket. Mm-hmm. No helmets. And yeah. No and, one's got and, and their shirts are always like wrapped up, you know what I mean, like this. And like, yeah. they're passing me. Uh-huh. In the car service, I'm like, I'm like, bro. Anyways, going on. I mean, what ha- what happens, bro? If, all, if like, I mean, you're you're not gonna go there, right? When when like, it's going to get progressively worse, I think. And yeah. then there'll be the finale, and then who knows? I know. And Hype Beast is based out of Hong Kong, so I'm always meeting with those guys, like yeah. Kevin Ma and stuff. And every time, like, meetings are getting canceled because half the people couldn't make it to work that day. You know, it's really, retail is down like 50% in Hong Kong right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, retail stores are down 50%. I remember that there's this place, in, there's an Adidas store in Hong Kong, like the main part of Kowloon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, $600,000 a month in rent? That's what their store, and I was like, I couldn't understand how they could even, they yeah. must just lose money and just, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, shout out to Hypebeast family. They're all good people, man. Kevin Ma's my guy. For sure. I remember first going over there to shoot over there. And I was like, hold on, motherfucker, you motherfuckers are north like a bitch. Like, you know, it was like <laughs> yeah. out of the way, out of the way. But um, so, yeah, what are they going to do then? Do you have any idea? I mean, they got to grind it out. They got too many people there already. And they're publicly traded now in Hong oh, Kong. Oh, that's right. So they, they can't just move. No. They oh, got to grind fuck. it out. So I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, do you think that China will take over the fucking cut? I mean, the, the area? 
Yeah, I think I think China's yeah. going to win this draw. Right. <laughs> you know. You you heard like two years ago, right? There was an issue with Korea. I think there's still small little issue right now. Korea versus who? With China. Okay. So, okay. Imagine this ain't even a, this ain't even this is a somewhat decent big hotel. I'm trying to think of a okay. Think of the Hyatt Regency in the Westin in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Imagine how big those brands are. Yeah. Let's say we're in China right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a hotel called Latte. L O T T E. Yes. Latte is an enormous Korean brand. Yep. Some of the biggest drinks you think are Japanese, they're not. They're mm-hmm. Korean drinks. You know, Kari Sweat, you know, these iced teas and stuff and these milk teas. They're owned by Latte. Latte owns a shit. They're, they're like beyond Nestle, like Coca-Cola. They, you know, they have all kinds they're of bigger. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So they own hotels and stuff. A couple years ago during the drama with Hong Kong, with China, something happened. I don't remember exactly what, but China was like, fuck this. They demolitioned a fucking... 30, 40 stores. Yeah, they listen to the hotel. <laughs> and G-Dragon, all the big K-pop stars, they were no longer allowed to go into China. They weren't allowed in Korean passports oh, inside yeah. the country. And I was like, yo, you got to be kidding me. I was like, wait, so how's my boy Jay Park going there? He's a huge K-pop star. He's, like, He's got an American passport. Mm-hmm. So it was like weird gray areas here and there, blah, blah. But like at the airport, like, nah, fuck you. Because Beijing to Korea is 45 minutes, 50 minute flight. You know, it's yeah. nothing. So like they were just tripping. So like when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know how much more they could put up with it. Yeah, China controls everything, man. They could just shut shit down yeah. anytime they want. Like Uber, Uber tried to go to China, and they're like, "No, nah, we ain't having it." They have a they have a version of their own Uber called Didi. No, no but, but listen, hold on. I don't know when, but three years ago, or four, the Uber did exist there for, for short amount. They did, but you know what happened? What? Didi now owns majority share in Uber globally. Jesus that's how gangster Christ. they are. Yeah, dude. That's- <laughs> But, you know, I remember taking an Uber in, in China. I mean, in Hong Kong and stuff and whatever. So um, enough of that. But that's just crazy because, yeah. you know, I'm just like, it, 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 it's some current shit. You know what for I mean? Sure, Especially yeah. for, listen, I got to have at least 15% Chinese listeners, bro. Mm-hmm. It, this is, that's some ill shit. Yeah, for you know? sure. And you see people like, my boy was, all he talks about is 852 life. You know, Hong Kong, this, this, this. Mm-hmm. And he posted a Chinese flag. And I'm like, bro, you got to make up your motherfucking mind, dog. Yeah. And like, no, bro, you know, this is what it is. Right. I don't know, it's unfortunate. It's just crazy because that's, you prefer Shanghai, this whatever, and I prefer HK. That's yeah. just been my shit. But you know what? Can I say something about Asians in general? Yeah. There's a part of me, and again, I don't know who's actually right or wrong. We're not living there. We don't know it for sure. Of but course. I do think that one silver lining thing out of this is that I think Asians in general need to learn how to speak up. Right. And that's like the silver lining where it's like if you are not satisfied with something, Asians are too often like just quiet about it and they'll take it yeah and that's why i actually love you so much because you're the one asian that is like oh hell no not been humble (laughs) you know and it's like you just speak your mind and i feel like a lot of times asians especially in america just are like too reserved no they'll take it on the chin yeah and i don't give a fuck if you're puerto rican black uh german whatever's reigning supreme in the area or whatever the the cool Mm -hmm. thing is or anything um um, I don't care if the hotel's all white people and, and they're prestigious and fucking pretentious or whatever it may be. You know goddamn well. I worked hard to get where I'm at. So I'll be like, listen, motherfucker, mm-hmm. I need the same treatment or I'm fuck shit up. <laughs> but it, it, it backfires, but you know, it's, it's live or die by it. I know. It's dope. But we win in subversive ways. Yeah. Like we won't make a loud stink about it, but yeah. we'll just own the whole shit like in two years <laughs> that's how we it's get funny, back yeah. at you <laughs> you know the funny thing is even though i got a better uh math sat score because it was just like whatever yeah but like people assume immediately oh man hey how much is fucking thirteen thousand times 40 486 i'm like motherfucker why would i go get your calculator out like <laughs> you got the wrong asian man like you know so let's get into it into it 
Why the pigeon? Oh, you're going to start there? Yeah, I need to know. <laughs> I mean, you lived in New York, so you know. Of course. The pigeon is kind of like uh, the unofficial mascot of the city. And you know, growing up, I was a huge fan of like Polo, of course, and then Echo, Lacoste, and then of course LRG. And each of those great brands had like a mascot. And so when it came time for me to give a mascot to my brand, I was like, let me pick something that like no one is fucking with right now. In fact, people will scratch their heads. Yeah. And it was the pigeon, and I, I felt feel like, like such an asshole now asking that because we really think about it. I just talked about Mike Tyson before we started the show. There you Motherfucker go. I had a pigeon coop in his house. Like yeah. I get it. No, you're right. I got to go to Mike Tyson's pigeon coop with him in wow. Brownsville, Brooklyn. Oh wow. He has Mike has a thousand birds. Yeah, he talks about it all the time Brown, in Brownsville. He knows the name of every single one. So when they're doing laps, the, the thousand pigeons, yeah. he's like. Roger, get in line. <laughs> He's yelling at the bird's name because he knows how their flight well, pattern is. Okay, so you met him before then. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Now, Amazing man. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Were you blown the fuck away of how articulate this man is? Dude is Bruce Lee level philosopher. Yes. Like he is so... You I know, think actually the boxing helped him become yeah. like... You know, you know people philosophical. Like, oh, and, and listen, he might be listening to the show and people have this, you know, the stereotypical like, oh man, he's so dumb, blah, blah. When he started breaking down Alexander the Great's life to me, I said, bro, I must be high. Because we're smoking and shit right together. And I'm like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? The level of brilliance mm -hmm. that was being spewed out of that fucking man's fucking fierce, yeah, you know, yeah. being. Yep. I was so blown away that I didn't know how to even react to it. Yeah. That when I walked off and I listened to a couple episodes of him. I was like, holy shit, this motherfucker is, is really like, he's insanely intelligent. Let me tell you my Mike Tyson story, okay? Please. So <clears throat> we had an hour carved out in the schedule to be on his rooftop. And, you know, he's a busy man. Just beyond busy. That hour meeting ended up being five hours on his rooftop. I had a camera crew with me to capture. <laughs> and the camera crew was like, yo, bro, how, how, how long are we going to be up here for on his roof? So finally we finish up five hours. You know, the camera crew goes down. And this is Brownsville. To get down off a rooftop, you're Come going on, down the fire escape, yeah. right? So it's like real treacherous. Everyone goes down. It's finally just me and Mike on the roof. And I'm like, yo, peace, Mike. Thank you for the time. It was amazing. I start walking down. And I'm going down the fire escape ladder. And he's alone on his rooftop right now, right? Yeah. And he's like just pacing. And he's like, he turns to me. He's like, yo, Jeff, Genghis Khan. And I'm like halfway down the ladder. I'm like, excuse me? What? <laughs> you know you got Genghis Khan blood in you, right? I was oh, like, shit. what do you mean? He's like, yeah, man, he's the greatest warrior ever. And he's in you. The DNA is in you. And I was like, thanks, Mike. <laughs> like it's just philosophical to like just the no, shit he, that goes to his brain i won't get into it people can listen to the fucking mike tyson night. it is some crazy shit though mm -hmm. he fucked me up and the <laughs> level of amount of drugs he can't even believe he's not dead yet you know he told me and just speaking of pigeons though yes going back now i understand it makes complete sense i totally got i i, I brain farted when i thought about echo and i was like no there was a rhinoceros yeah so um what's the most a pair of pigeon dunks have sold for it's going for about eighteen to twenty thousand dollars on StockX right now, but I'm actually doing this. Um, I'm doing this thing with this company that you should check out called Otis. Otis is a startup that's that's just beginning, and basically what they're doing is they're allowing people like if you want a cause piece, but you can't buy the whole thing, they're allowing people to buy shares in a cause piece. So you could say I own twenty wow. percent of a cause piece. Wow. Yeah, and it's held in a, in a safe vault museum wow. type thing. Yeah, it's pretty dope. That's fucking amazing. So actually. they had me pick my top five. Nike SB Dunks of all time, right. and you can buy the bundle 
but you could just buy shares of it. That's a fucking amazing. Yeah. At the same time, what a fucking what a world we yeah, live in. What a fucking that's just crazy. Can you imagine like, hey man, you ain't got no stable dunks, motherfucker. I have seventeen percent in one yeah, bitch. Like, I'll show you my portfolio right here on my phone. Here hilarious. you go. Because so, it's not about owning the shoes anymore. You know what I mean? So anyway, they were trying to get pigeon dunks from people be, to get this collection, and they were like, they were offering people like twenty five thousand, and they're like, nah. Actually, I changed my mind. I want to keep it because it's like to people, it's like a holy grail of the entire culture. You know the fucked up part about it is I had a pair, and um. Shout out to, is, is it Dave Ortiz? Dave's Quality Media? Yeah, DQM, yep. I had a pair from him, and then um, my boy Dom, Brooklyn Projects, he had them too. And the crazy part was, as much of a mess as it was, Dom was like, was like bro, I, I got you if you need one. And it, it was so weird because it was such a fucking hard dunk to get, and he was cool with just, don't worry about mm-hmm. it, I got you. And that was a crazy thing because I didn't take advantage of that one. Whatever, bottom line is, you know, I got rid of all my shit. Uh-huh. And this was, what year did it drop? 2005. Okay, I got rid of my entire collection in 04, mm-hmm. right? There was a kid on Nike Talk who was a protege of mine. I had no idea I motivated him to be so whatever. And um, he died in 2005. His name was Alone, uh, Sir I-N-Y. Mm-hmm. He, uh, it was a big deal on Nike Talk. He was murdered. He was a rich wow. Vegas Jewish kid. And uh, I made a methamphibian uh, Air Force One and attributed him. We became the highest selling shoe in eBay history. We beat the eBay dunk for this methamphibian Air Force mm-hmm. One in honor of him. Um, what, do you remember what month it was? February. Okay, so that was the, because I said, I, I, I got off Nike after 2004. I was like, fuck this. Uh-huh. But I had a couple pairs. Of, I was like, I think I had a pair of Supreme Dunks. I had those Sakura, um, you know, um, yeah. the Cherry Blossom uh, yep. Air Force Ones. Yep. These, like, there was like three or four Grails. Grails. 85 fucking uh, Jordan Ones. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Yeah. I forgot what year I just said, yo, you know what, man? Even the 85's got to go. Everything's got Fuck that! It, you know, from 05 to eleven, I forgot. I went a good six, seven, eight, nine, maybe eight years, maybe. Where I just said, "Man, fuck whatever." The galaxies and Yeezy twos came out. Mm-hmm. Air Yeezy is when I finally said, "All right, man, it's been enough, man. I need to just this is so stupid, <laughs> right?" But it was crazy because I tried them on. I walked around the house in them, but for the most part, they were either nine point nine 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 out of ten condition. They were dead. They were dead. Uh-huh. I don't know if they're dead stock, but I remember I was gonna sell them to Domaney. Yeah, at the yeah. Mania Flight Club. Yeah, and I mean, I know Domaney, he was actually an honorary member of Air Max, and he was, uh, he had vintage, vintage kicks, and yep. he was beefing with Ricky's from, you know, Ricky NYC, mm-hmm. blah, blah, whatever. I forgot what his name was. It's not Ricky. Anyways, going on, this OG New York, like, yeah. sneaker shit back in the day when uh-huh. fucking people were going to Philly here and there. You could actually find some shit when people actually cared. Yeah. You know, like, vintage shoes now don't go for shit, like, kind of, you know, like, mm-hmm. find a pair of OG Vandals, but who cares? Yeah. It meant something back then. How many shoes do you have now? You, did you build it back up? Um, so about a year ago, I got down to 28 pairs. It was the nice, it was so insane. That's incredible that you got down to 28. Unbelievable, because I had 1,800 pairs at one point, right? And I was like, yo, I got the 28. I think right now I'm probably like right around between 36 and 40 pairs. That's like, amazing. Yeah, still crazy, still crazy. Like crazy low. Yeah, for, crazy low. For you. Insane low. But what, it, what I do is I'll rock them, you know, like seven, eight times, mm-hmm. and that shit's just got to go. See, people who are listening to the show who are not maybe sneakerheads yeah. have to understand when we say you have 38 pairs and that's amazing, or yeah. 48 pairs, like people in our culture have thousands, if not tens of thousands. Yeah. So if I came to you and I said, I have three pairs of shoes in my collection, yeah. people would not believe you. Oh, no, dude, people didn't even believe 10 because you don't understand. Like, for me to have 500 in 2002, 
people thought, you know, I was crazy. Yeah, the only person that was even even close to me was maybe Clark Kent. And then Am got to 500. Mm -hmm. And then Homicide got to like around 500. And then I got to 1,000. Mm -hmm. Then I got to like, you know, it started getting, people don't realize, I had a four-bedroom apartment, which is already rare. You don't have four-bedroom apartments. Three is rare. <laughs> and I had two bedrooms were dedicated to stock rooms. Right. And well, I was the, like, shameless yeah. plug. Yeah. If you listen to our podcast on Hypebeast Radio, yeah. you break down the whole story of how you went up and down the whole entire Pacific coastline, yeah. scooping up SBs, yeah. fucking up your whole cr your girl's <laughs> credit card rating. Yeah. It's an incredible story. That's some fucking crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, you definitely got to listen to Hypebeast, listen, yeah. the Hypebeast, um, the business of... Uh, business, the business of hype. Business of hype. Yep. Um, how did you get an SB account without being a skate shop? Yeah, we were we were like the only one. I think it's because of what we did with the pigeon, you know. And and Reed Space really was a one of a kind store. Really, the only other store in the world that was like Reed Space was Colette in Paris, where True. it was just a multicultural, multi art streetwear, you know, kicks, luggage, CDs, mixtapes, everything in one store. Nowadays, that's like commonplace. But back then, when I opened in '01, you know, I opened three months after 9/11 in downtown Christ. New York City. That's not a smart business move, you know. <laughs> You ask any businessman, yo, I'm gonna open a store in downtown New York City three months after 9-11. What do you think? When did uh when did uh did um God, what's my guy's name? Fuck, I can't think. Next door with the fucking Evusers. What's his name? Um Prohibit. Yeah, what, what, what was his name again? Shin. No, not Shin, the other dude. Come Chance. On. Uh no, Ch no, Chase. Chase Infinite. No, 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 Chase worked there. Yeah. Chase is my boy for okay. fucking 20 Chase, years. So you got Chase Shin. That's not the owner, dude, who fucking ran. Shin the is the owner, no? No, bro, there was a dude. Um, a Japanese dude? No, white boy. What's his name, man? Fuck. There's a white boy there? Yes, dude, because they had, they had a, the Ivizu denim, and it was fucking, what's his name? Oh, my God, it's driving me crazy. Jewish cat, dude. Really? Yeah, man. Fuck. Anyways, okay. fuck it. Listen, <laughs> Reed Space. Why the name Reed Space? So this is kind of a romantic story, but um, my high school art teacher, his name <laughs> is Michael Reed, and he meant, so much to me because he was really the first cat that was like you don't have to be like a lawyer or an accountant you know that you don't have to actually listen to your parents you could actually like wow, do this art that. shit for a living and i was like what get the fuck out of here so he really had a huge impact on my life and then senior year in high school he died in the middle of the semester you know how he died decapitated on a motorcycle what the fuck yeah on the new jersey turnpike jesus christ and so like when the most important figure in your childhood life, your best teacher, you come into school the next day, you're like, oh, I'm gonna see Mr. Reed and like do my art shit. Oh no, not, you know, he's not here. And then you start digging and then you find out that like he was probably intoxicated on his Harley, New Jersey Turnpike, Fuck, a truck hit him. Man. It was, it was, after that, it was just a wrap for me. I was like, you know, I just want to dedicate my life to him. And actually, little known fact, but after that, every, so you know when you buy a, a laptop, I don't know if you do this, but you could change the name of your hard drive to whatever you want. It doesn't have to be Macintosh hard drive. That's what it comes default as. Right. But I always change the name of my hard drive. And ever since he died, I changed every hard drive that I've ever owned to Mr. Reed. Oh, wow. So like, it's kind of like I put all my art files in his soul. And then when I opened the store, I was like, I'm going to dedicate it to, to him. Damn. Yeah. The, the first time I heard of Reed Space, I remember seeing it during the Prohibit days. Fuck, it's driving me motherfucking nuts. Because, <laughs> dude, Methamphibian used to like literally go to Prohibit. His first show was at Prohibit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I remember your store was there, uh -huh. but there's like no sign that says Reed's. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Like it was. So I know seeing your store, never paid attention, uh -huh. never thought about whatever, but I remember seeing it because Methamphibian's first show. Anyways, 
going on, it wasn't until we skipped to 2007, 2008, uh-huh. that my best friend in my life, Jonas, he did his LRG thing there. And I yes. was like, okay, hold on, wait a second. Yes. Read space. What the fuck? One thing I will say that I regret, and I don't know why I should just smack myself in the fucking mouth right now. Um, I went to go visit Chase one day. Mm-hmm. And two things that happened that day. Me and my wife were at the MoMA. We're running around. It's like 2011. So this is eight years ago. Just walking around the city, having a good time. Actually, we're standing here in Central Park as well. Mm-hmm. I'll stand at some small spot. It wasn't a five star. It was a four star. It was like a place called the Bentley Hotel. Okay, it's right over here. It's the tough times era. No, it was actually. You know, you know, the funny thing. Funny thing is, one of the most crazy is the recession really fucked me really bad. Uh-huh. I never felt things like it. Hawaii Mike when he had LTD Magazine. Word. He had an, uh, an issue where he said, "Never in history has anyone seen nothing like this." Our parents haven't seen a time like this. Mm-hmm. This is some tough time shit. And I remember I was like, yo, bro, I'm in a luxury business. No one fucking needs to shit. Don't. They say, oh, the 1% ain't affected. They were affected. Mm-hmm. This shit was crazy. Yeah. My wife came into my life right at the end of that. And it was like, you know, so I was like really being, not necessarily frugal. I was being like, all right, dog, let me pick and choose what luxuries I'm gonna fuck with. Right. So, you know, New York is different from, I mean, you could be in Beverly Hills, but even Beverly Hills prices might not compete to a, like, a midtown Manhattan, mm-hmm. like nice hotel. So we're, we're downtown. I walk into Reed space and I already have an insane bear collection already as it is. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Eddie Cruz. And, um, you guys had the fucking four Beatles Kubrick's thousand percent, right? thousand percent for retail or maybe in, no bullshit. I think the guy who was working in the shop was like, Oh, it's Ben Baller. You know, like I mean, we can give you some kind of a deal on this or whatever. And I was thinking like, okay, shipping's going to be a bitch, blah, blah. <laughs> but that's what it is. In, in China, it's 10 times worse. Or Japan to ship it to me. So right. this ain't that bad. And it was such an insane deal that it was like 1,700 shipped or 18 for the whole set. Mm-hmm. They got to be over 10 grand now, right? Easily. And that's not that it's a crazy comp, like a cause, crazy deal where yeah. I bought a painting for it. But it's still like, you know, and I just, I reg- now the same day. There were these cause visvum slip-ons for 160 that gotta be at least three or four grand. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. was just like, yo, two things. And Chase is like, why don't you buy these? This ain't shit for you. And I was just being like weird. Frugal. You're being like, yeah. Yeah, I was to... being on the weird shit, yeah. right? Bro, now, bro, I might see a latte I really wanted, be like, hundred bucks, that's cool. Fuck it, let's do it. You know, like, and I could be on some frugal shit and still spend a hundred bucks on yes. So you passed up on both of those things? Passed up on both those things. I was oh, inside man. your store, boom. But the reason why I even went to Read Space was because Jonas had just passed that year mm-hmm. and it fucked me up that I was like, you know, let me come in here and just Jonas had just passed like two months prior to that. I know. And um, it was like, yeah, it was summer 2011. He had died on a Memorial weekend mm-hmm. on uh, in uh, 2011. Yeah. I mean, for Jonas to choose Reed space to do his event at, like it was amazing. Cause... It was a big deal, bro. You have to understand this dude was such a revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. So I asked him, I said, yo, why the fuck? And the funny thing was, Jonas was in it was in negotiating a deal to get an apartment here. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Fuck this! I need to have I need to buy buy, buy buy coastal." Even though he lived in Orange County, which I fucking hate Orange County. Yeah, I've never liked it. He's always loved Orange County, mm-hmm. and he's not. He's kind of from there, but he's not technically from Long Beach. But it's like you know, he was he's adopted. He's one of like yeah. eight. He would frequent Paris. He was on Balenciaga vibe, like fucking oh six oh five, <laughs> way so fucking far before anybody yeah. else. You know, he was just super dope, and then like. I was like, read space. Right. And he's like, well, it's like right next to Prohibit. It's right area. I was like, bro, I don't know if you know this, man. That area wasn't that great back in the day. Like, you fuck around and get, like, mm-hmm. 
if you look at where A Live Rivington Club is, that still still around? Or yeah, no? it is. Going to LES, bro. You didn't go to LES in, no. in, in the nineties, bro. You get you get hit straight yeah. robbed. And and you got to understand, LRG at that point, he could have done it at like Bergdorf. Oh, for sure, he, he could have done it anywhere he wanted. Bro, we did a Cavassier collaboration at the same time. Mm-hmm. That, actually, that's where it was. Oh, it was what, Cavassier, yeah. We did a Cavassier collaboration. You got to remember, $5,000 pair of jeans. I did real diamond buttons, real gold, uh, yes. the rivets. All that shit was, I made all those in gold and diamonds. Bro, we could have did it, but you know, you're right, anywhere. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, hold on, dog. And he's like, come on, man, Jeff, stay with us. I was like, I don't know, dude. I know the pigeon. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, he's Asian? He's like, bro, man, he, he was breaking down all the reasons wow. why to me. And I was like, all right, dog. And he was really on some future. He, he was. Jonas, Jonas was the first guy to buy a $25,000 vest like in 07. And I'm like, hey, bro, I don't know, man. You, you're tripping. You know, we went to Mr. Childs on his birthday. And he came there with no shirt on of any place you could do it as Mr. Childs. No mm-hmm. shirt on. And he had a Louis Mink scarf on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was just a fly dude. And yeah, so, yeah. like, you know. But, but he was hot. Like, you know, he saw, he recognized what I did. He was buying these $25,000 suits. Like, he just yeah. was so wide open. He was probably, like, the most balanced, wide open, sort of, like, you know, exposing everything together. That's why LRG was, like, the shit that it was. Nah, for sure. Did you go to college? I am a double dropout. So I went to NYU, dropped out. Went to Parsons School of Design, dropped out. So I went to four years of school, and I have no degree to show for it. You're a fucking dumbass. Yeah, I'm the dumbest. That's the dumbest way you could do it, kids. <laughs> just, just decide to not go and save the hundred eighty thousand yeah, dollars. Did, did you have any student loans, or did you? Yeah, no, no, student loans, everything. Fuck me, you paid them off, right? I paid them off. Thank God, bro. Yeah, I just uh, paid off my wife's student loans like last year, and I was like being fucking cheap about it. I was just like, yo, man, this was fucking <laughs> debt you occurred before I was even involved in your life. You know what right. I mean? I'm responsible for this shit now. She went to fashion school. She graduated from Fitum, and I was like, I was like, fuck, man. But it was funny. Um, yeah, I remember my fir- one of my first design jobs after I quit school was this Japanese company, you know, asked me to like create a brand and a logo and like a, a brand name for them. And they're like, oh, you know, how much do you charge? <laughs> I literally looked at my college debt and it was $86,000 and change. I literally was like $86,221. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I took the whole check and just paid off the debt in one shot. <laughs> Fucking amazing. You know what though? You know what the crazy thing is? Actually, I don't know if I should share the secret. I shouldn't even... But like, you know, if I'm in the hole something, right? Let's say if I'm like, fuck, man, I'm so mad about that. I just fucking lost four grand on uh-huh. something stupid. Damn, I can't believe that shit was $11,000. You know what I do? I'll actually tack that on to a bill. Just 11000 like, just some bro. dumb shit. No, no, on top of whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, nah, nah, the bill ain't eighty six, bro. The bill is exactly $102,000. i am like, the fuck would you get that number from? Because I mean, at this point, I could charge whatever. Because I mean, yeah. either you fuck with me or you don't. And if you don't, I'm not really mad about it because I have other revenues of business. But I'm being honest. I know. I, know. I do the same thing. Amount. I do the same thing, bro. What, what year did you make your first million? Uh, well, there's the business and then there's me. And it's, it's sort of hard to separate. But Staple was a million dollar company like fucking 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then... Well, I mean, so it's like, so it's, a couple years after you, is that what? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's hard to separate because no, I get what it. is state, what is like, who's going to buy staple without Jeff staple and True. vice versa? You know what True. I mean? So it's, it all comes together. That's when I actually realized that I couldn't call my company Icy Fresh anymore. I needed to, well, first of all, we got sued by the company Icy mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, what the Stupid. fuck? <laughs> and the crazy part was, that's when I started realizing, I always knew that rich people go in court and they sue each other, and that's how they fuck each other, and they go to court, get tied up in legal shit, mm-hmm. and litigation, and blah, blah, and contracts. And then I realized, 
holy shit, because we popped up in the first 20 searches for Icy. They want to be in the whole first 20. They want to own the whole shit. Yeah. yeah. We popped up like number five. Right. And the thing was, one of my slogans for the longest time is, many are cold, but few are frozen. Yep. That's confusing to people, right? They're like, oh, is this a drink? Boom. And then <laughs> it was like, I was like, iced out this, iced out this. And they're like, no, we're icy. The most fucking biggest fucking slushy, whatever, you know, they're as big as a Slurpee, whatever you be, icy. And I'm like, man, these motherfuckers better get out of here. They owned a jewelry trademark because they have pins and uh, something else. And I was like, that's not jewelry. There was very specific things about this. And the I was category like, so though, yeah. They sent the cease and desist, changed the name, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I met with uh, this dude, Lowell, um, and he was a Jonas's trademark attorney. Mm -hmm. He's like, I got the illest trademark attorney. Boom. He goes, you can beat this. And the dude goes, you could win. He's just going to cost you two and a half at least. Cause they're going to tie you up in Ontario, Texas, here and everywhere, yep. every, every city and state that they own a trademark in, mm -hmm. they're going to get you here, here and here. And I was like, man, fuck this shit. That's when I came up with IF and co. Cause it was still intern. I, I see fresh, but it was internally flawless and company. Mm -hmm. It just made sense. And I was like, yo, Aaron Levant goes, Ben, you're more marketable now. This is more of a, of a, a more elegant name. Right. It was boom. Yeah. Then I realized when I started VVS, what's VVS other Ben Baller? Take out the two BB logos, take myself out of everyone. It's a turnkey business. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I understand That's what you're tough. saying. I just got the pigeon in China, all of greater China. That shit cost me so much money. Fuck Can me, you imagine dude. trying to like I can't, own a bird in China? There's more pigeons in fucking China than there is fucking <laughs> there is. here. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. So- how much money did you start, Staple, um, or Reed, or any, like, how much money did you start with the business with? Um, this is a funny story. I always advise kids <laughs> to not do it my way, but I basically, you know, when you start a business, there's different ways you can go about it. You could ask family and friends for a loan. You could get a partner right off the bat and get, like, you know, equity shares. Or you could do it the way I did it, which right. is max out eight credit cards oh, and put man, yourself dude. into $150,000 in debt. But... That ain't, 150 ain't shit yeah, really. Those the good, the good, but this is a 96. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's probably that's a what, that's a, that's a million now. Yeah. But the good thing is you own 100% of the company. You don't have to answer to anybody. You have no yeah. shareholders to answer to. Sure, if you're late, you got to pay 22% interest, but there's like loan sharks that are like 40% interest, as you said, yeah. like your boy in Hong Kong, yeah. right? So it's actually not that bad. But it's a tricky game because you could destroy your credit rating, which means yeah. you ain't getting a car or a house or anything right. after that. And I did. I destroyed, I destroyed my, my credit. I destroyed my credit twice. I've talked about it on my show. I've destroyed my credit twice. Yeah. And I realized I'm not going back that motherfucker. What are you at now? What's your number? What's the most important number right now? I'm at 820. Nice. Yeah. I'm at 780. Yeah. And it's like. I just bought a home. So yeah. that's why it goes down when you buy a home. It does. Yeah. But I'm, Yo, that, on, that, that deserves a pound. No, seriously, come on, bro. My shit was on. You know that seven year like probationary where like when you yeah, fuck yeah. your credit up, yeah, yeah, you yeah. ain't getting. You can't get a but cell it, phone listen, for seven thing, years. Though, if you don't take care of it, even if it's seven years, mm -hmm. you cannot maybe like let something kind of go. A collection can reinvent itself. Do you know what I mean? Through yeah. a different thing and then extend it longer. I had to learn all that shit. And now it's not going to happen again. I mean, bro, come on, dog. I done had fucking like six different Rolls Royce, Ferrari, Lamborghinis in the last like five or six years. And that was helping a lot too. And then people were like, all right, listen, yeah. it's got a half million dollar loan for this, this, and this. And people were like, yo, why are you taking loans? You should just buy it yourself because I'm using that money to fucking leverage against something else. Yeah. When I could just boom, do this. I, makes I still have PTSD, bro. Like whenever the credit card company says like, oh, we want to give you like a higher limit. Right. I get a little bit scared. So I feel like they're trying to trick me. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I didn't know this until um, recently. I talk to Chase Bank weekly, uh -huh. all right? 
um, remember, unsecured credit line. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Amex. I've spent two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand in a month on on Amex before. You know, you 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 can have a platinum card, but realistically, if you spend money, they're just gonna let it go through because mm-hmm. they know they gotta be paid in one month. Yeah. Now Amex Platinum, as of like maybe like five or six years ago, they had this weird thing where they'll let like thirty thousand revolve, kind of. Uh huh. Yeah, you know I, know, I mean? know. I know. Like this weird thing. I was like, nah, fuck no, all that shit. No, I don't shit. want that shit. No, and I just paid off. I want to pay it off. So Chase gave me a card, and I started like um, I had like three different Chase cards, and I consolidated them, and it was weird. Today, right now, I have a $125,000 unsecured line on a Visa card. I've spoke to over 300 Chase agents, mm-hmm. and they've all said, hey, I know this is against the rules. I shouldn't speak about anything private, even though it's regarding you and me. And we're, we have you know, we have a d- disclosure, and I'm being on a recorded line. I've never even seen a line over 65 or 70 through Chase Bank. How did you? And I was like, I don't know. And that's another <laughs> thing, too, where like, you know, when I fucked up my credit, I remember... I got my um, I got a credit card, a Target card, mm-hmm. HBC, HSBC yeah. Bank, and they gave me a credit card for five thousand dollars. I was like, Jesus Christ! Finally, I was making payments, you know, blah blah, whatever. I ran three thousand six hundred bucks on it. I was going to pay the card off, and I did, because my other credit agencies were reporting fucked up. Yeah, they lowered my credit limit to fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. and I was like, bro, what am I gonna do with fifteen hundred? I can't even buy a plane ticket with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just like, guys, listen, man, don't fuck your credit up, man, no, no matter what. It's I just- remember, I mean, I remember the times where like every phone call to my home was literally a collector. Fuck, I can't, I, I can't Do you remember see that? you. Bro, you don't understand. I got scared because I didn't know what that was before. You know, they, you know they're, they're very aggressive, right? I know. I wish a credit card company or, or a collection. I'm like, what? Oh, by the way, funny story. I had a credit, I had a $118 um um, gas bill that I didn't pay, mm-hmm. and it popped up when I was buying a home, and I'm buying a four million dollar house, and they're, 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 they're like, they're like, yo, you can't get the loan because of this, and I was like, listen, bro, and then my there's people who fix credit this and that, and my buyer's like, listen, my financial advisor's like, Ben, this is an easy fix, you're gonna even pay whatever over anything, but they have to produce a letter saying that they're going to delete it from all three bureaus, mm-hmm. boom, blah blah, whatever. So I get in an argument with this dude, we start talking, I make up a story, whatever it may be, and the guy's like, listen, don't lie to me. It's kind of, even though Ben Yang is like not known out there as much, people definitely know it much more now, right? Yeah. If you Google my name 10 years ago, Ben Yang, that's going to pull up. Mm-hmm. You Google it now, I'm going to pull up in like 15 fucking pages straight, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess the dude was local. He knew who I was. We started arguing. This is a true story, dude. And this is like, you know, I've owned three homes. This is a, this is a real true story. And I call him and he's like, listen, man, I, I, I know that you have this address, blah, blah, whatever. And I was just telling him, I was like, no, bro, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to pay it, you know, blah, blah. I just didn't want to admit the fact that I had a fucking lingering gas bill for 100 whatever. And the guy started arguing with me. He goes, hey, listen, man, don't fuck with me. And he was getting on his, his collection agency-like vibe. And I was right. like, oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, hey, homeboy, homeboy, you know me? Do you really know me? Mm-hmm. Do you know where my store is for fucking 10 years, homie? Do you know where the fuck the Slauson is? Do you know where, what my life is like? And I was like, check this out, dog. Fuck all the bullshit. You at 11684 Calabasas, blah, blah. Listen, dude, you're a 40-minute drive from me. I'm going to drive over there, and you talk to me the way you're talking to me on the phone right now. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, on my kid's life, anybody who knows me knows I don't fuck around when it comes to my kids. All right? If I say 10 plus 10 equals 66 on my kids, it equals 66. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I decided, I, got, I hung up the phone. I started driving to that place. I was going to pull out my pistol and go to jail. I, didn't, I was so upset at that point mm-hmm. over some stupid-ass shit. Yeah. The dude calls me back while I'm on the thing and he goes, hey man, listen, you need to fucking calm down. I was like, bro, again, now you just make it even worse. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, man, let's just take care of this. 
let's just let's just not. I was gonna fuck this dude's life up. No, I'm being serious, Jeff. Over listen, bill. I was gonna break this. The whole office was gonna get fucked up. Yeah, I was gonna be on the news, trending twenty four fucking. I was gonna go crazy over this stupid thing, but it's because all that was built up from me fucking my credit up in college after yep. college, mm-hmm. and then fucking it up as an adult. And realizing how much pain I was still carrying from being embarrassed of them calling, like, hey, listen, you better pay this bill. Yeah. You know, da, 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 da. And then now I realize these guys, like, you could have an $8,000 bill and they'll be like, listen, we'll settle for a thousand because the fucking collection agency bought it for like 600. They just want to make any kind of, they're just yep, yep. buying a pennies on the dollar. Kids today, man, you're, you're way too involved in the follow count. What your what your interaction is? How many likes you get? Like yeah, nobody stupid, knows their fucking credit score. That's the fucking number. You see me and Ben here. We know our credit score oh, on no, the I'm top fucking of our heavy head. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm heavy. <laughs> it's on no it. joke. I'm telling you right and now. And the thing about the credit people is, like you said, when you owe them, they are enemy number one. They will come down oh, on you like man, SWAT. But when you're good, yeah. Oh man, then it's like, yo, you need another hundred thousand. Yeah. We're we're, we're yeah. best friends. Like. You know, I, I took a credit line out just to have it, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh, it's dangerous." I was like, "Nah," because I, I, I have, I didn't have a drug addiction. You know what I mean? When it comes to like the credit, it's just I was stupid and I was uninformed and I just yeah. didn't have Me the information. And now I obviously know what I can use it for and certain things and what I can, you know. You know the balance rollover, like where one card says, "Oh, we'll take the balance." Yeah, of yeah. Your card. I never did that. I knew. I did that all the time. To- I got no. so hoodwinked. No, I knew. I knew immediately that was it. <laughs> Because then I, you, knew, like, I would yeah. put it all in the other card, and then yeah, I'd no. re-max out the first card. Yeah, no, no. I, That's I, how I, knew, I got. That's how I, I started that staple anyway. I knew that. You're <laughs> fucking crazy. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. So um, do you think a sneaker store today, mm-hmm. I, I know I had this conversation with Eddie Cruz when he started Undefeated, mm-hmm. and he told me, he's like, hey, bro, you can't just survive on Nike alone. We have to try to change it. And that's when he was like the first shop that was cool, that had like Asics, whatever, Adidas, Puma. He was really trying to push. That's why he's doing collabs with other people. And it was like, it wasn't until him a little bit, but Ronnie, mm-hmm. like Ronnie made it For like, sure, all right, yeah. let's fucking change this. We can't like, boom. Could a sneaker store today survive without having a Nike account? Yes, absolutely. Oh, Let man. me tell you, there's three types of stores in my mind because I'm still involved in retail heavy. Um, right. I don't after I after I shut down Reed Space, I was involved with Extra Butter for a couple of years, which is a tier zero Nike retailer, Adidas Consortium. And now... Hypebeast is they have an online store called HBX. Yeah, of course I know about it. Yeah, yeah, they're opening a brick and mortar store in New York. Holy and shit! And I'm involved in that now. Holy so there's th- there's three types of sneaker stores in the world. One is the mom and pop sneaker shop that doesn't give a fuck. They just carry whatever right. New Balance, UGGs, like Mephistos, whatever the fuck, right? Florishons, yeah, Doc yeah. Martens, yeah. There's that. The second type is when they start to learn, they try to get elevated distribution. So they try to get Quick Strike, Elite 11. Then they go Tier Zero. Then they try to get, you know, Statement, Adidas, Consortium. And then, you know, they play that game. A lot of those stores live and die by the Tier Zero. So when a Virgil drops or a Sakai drops, they'll make rent for like the next six months. But they're like on the needle. They're like, yo, Nike, when is the next Tier Zero drop? Yeezys, we we can't just get 100 pairs. We got to get 400 pairs, you know? So their whole lifeline depends on that. Then there's a third type of retailer, which is really pushing the envelope. To me, the, the number one retailer in the world is Dover Street Market. Like, that is just the experimental, you know, Dover Street Market actually got offered Yeezys to launch, and they're like, no, we don't want them. Wow, really? That's like turning down a million dollars. Yeah, that's legit. crazy. But they're like, that's not for us. So when you're at that level of retail where you're making the statement, you're not allowing other people to make statements on you, you are making the statement. Holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. So shout out I'm to like, Ray, like, Ray Kaukubo, Comte Garçon. I'm, I'm so fucking just like, wow, dude. 
because I just bought a pair of Vans and, and, and I was in Tokyo two weeks ago and I bought a pair of Vans in Dover Street. Mm -hmm. And um, I always forget, how about this? I've been to Dover Street in Tokyo in Ginza at least eight times, right? Yeah. Maybe even more. How often have you been, you been to, that, to, that, to that Ginza store, to DSM? A dozen times at least. Okay, a dozen yeah. times, right. Tell me, please, I'm not the only one. Tell me you forget that they actually have a fucking Supreme account. Yeah, they, they have a Supreme store. Don't, no, don't you forget that, like, have you ever forgot about it? Be like, no, I don't forget. I study, you oh, gotta look true. up, you gotta look up Adrian Jaffe. If you ever get Adrian Jaffe on the show, he is the true G. I'm talking come to Garcon, Dover Street Market, Play, the fucking heart. Right, right, right. He owns Play, Gosha, right. Junior Watanabe, yeah. Sakai came out of Come de Garcon. White Mountaineering come, came out of Come right. de Garcon. Like, this you know, dude I is the to, mastermind. When I talked to KP and I talked to a lot of people, like, KP's actually so ahead of shit. I remember three or four years ago, he's telling me about Capital Denim. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this old patch denim weirdo fucking, this looks like some Native American crazy shit. Like, are you tripping? It's like some old Visbim. <laughs> Next thing I know is. It's the hot shit. ASAP Rocky. He's always ahead of shit. He's like, yo, bro, I need to go. To get These are capital. He's like, what you know about this? And a lot of times, I really will shock ASAP when we talk. Mm -hmm. And he'll be like, bro, man, I, I don't know what to say with you, Ben. You're so fucking weird. You're so, like, you just know a lot of shit about hood shit, this, this, and this. And it actually, I, actually, I think he'll, like, sometimes ASAP will say weird shit like, yo, man, you smell different. And I'm like, fuck does that mean? <laughs> and he goes, you just, your laundry smell clean. And I'm like, Wow, I get I start getting self conscious. I'm like, damn man, I hope I didn't fucking <laughs> eat onion or something. I'm like, we're in a car driving for like an hour. Yeah, and I'm like, well, he's he's like he's like, who does your laundry? I'm like, well, I have a living nanny, you know, I, I have help. I have, and he goes, yeah, and I was like, but it wouldn't matter. I do it. He's like, no, I can just tell. He's like, you well taken care of. I can tell because I deal with people every day more than you do, probably Ben. And he's like, I can tell that you have people doing your shit. You could just tell. No, he he really was like he observed. So observant, that. yeah. He yeah. was observing. I'm like, yo, man, you can tell that your clothes are done. You you know, he's like, I can tell that you ain't got not necessarily that I have a struggle, but you know, mm -hmm. it, I understood what he what he was getting at, and I was like, shit, man, that's crazy. I'll never forgive Rocky because he bumped me out of first class. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I got I I had a business class flight to L.A. I got upgraded to first. I'm so stoked, right? I'm like, oh, this is dope. I got upgraded to first class. The door, the doors close on the airplane, and this never happens. The jetway pulls back. I'm like, okay, I'm good, right? All of a sudden, jetway comes back. Doors about to be reopening, and the and the the flight attendant's like, I'm really sorry, Mr. Ring. Like, we have to put you back in the business class. There was a mistake. I was like, how is there a mistake? The doors closed. Isn't there like an FCC yeah. FAA rule where Literally. like once a door closes, done? Coming on the plane. ASAP Rocky oh, taking hilarious. my fucking seat. <laughs> Does he know this story or no? He probably doesn't know. That's fucking funny. I'm gonna tell him or whatever. Yeah. He's like, he don't have the patience to listen to this shit. Um, are there any haters in your business space? Like you could think of, like, like I know I always think about people have haters and stuff, right? You're such a, such a just a. I, I can't imagine. Like, why would you hate Jeff? Like, but are there other haters? Like, and you know, like not Junior or whatever, but I'm saying like that, like whole oh, space. Yeah. Like, there's haters for sure. I mean. You did the best thing ever, whereas on Hypebeast, you replied to the comments. Oh, yeah. That was the, the rebuttal. I didn't That's what it was thing, called, the yeah, rebuttal. I didn't think it would be a big deal. And like, that was dope. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So there I, are, okay. Yeah, there are. Because you're always so PC, dude. You're, you're, you really are. I try are. to be, and I, I try to lay low. And it's funny when you even asked me, like, when I made my first million, I was uncomfortable answering that question. Yeah, I know you were, you fucker. I don't, I mean, look at me. Yeah. I'm like a dirtbag. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to exhibit that I've. No, you're, you're an amazing dude. Even like the fact that. You know, I hit up fucking, dude, my friend is probably the biggest model in the world. Uh -huh. And she has, 
she's the face of Omega. Like for me to hit her up, and she's like, "Oh man, don't even worry about oh, it." Right? You, you're she's gonna like, tell this story. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, you know, it's like it's fucking Kai Gerber. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? Kai she's Gerber, yeah. fucking mom, Cindy Crawford. You know, and not only that, she did like a family campaign where like her, her brother, her, her mom are in the same picture. Boom, and then my boy Apollo Ono, uh-huh. you know, a skater, yeah, Olympic skater. He's he Omega too. Right? He had Omega too, and so like I hit him up, and they're like, "Yeah, no big deal." And then when they asked, they're like, "Hey man, this ain't some like." Okay, so let's let's back up this story a little bit, right? I wanted. An Omega Speedmaster watch, yeah. right? That it was a special Snoopy astronaut edition, which is like the astronaut one was. Yeah, that's what she said. It was just impossible. She couldn't get it, bro. So of course I I can't get it. I'm trying to get it. So I I, I hit up Ben and I'm like, Yo, can you hook me up with this watch? And you're like, Yo, I know the spokespeople, the top two spokespeople for Omega. I could do this. <laughs> And I think it just says a lot that the fact that I'm asking for a watch that even like those people can't get means I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, bro. Because well, it had to be rare. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was, I don't. How long ago did it come out? Uh, probably like five years ago. Oh, okay. So, so what happened was the initial allotment mm-hmm. that went out for sale for whatever the the, the rare amount of yeah. the, the li- limited edition that went out that been gone. Yeah. Then the reserve, it's been years, so it's like, then the reserve, they, tapped out too. they saved out for like maybe any other weirdo VIP that was like you. <laughs> yeah. So there was like maybe one archive and I think they couldn't let it go and whatever. And then they right. were like, "Is how, how serious is it? And I said, it's not that serious. Because I don't want to like, dude, I can't imagine. I would fucking owe her like a million. And to them, she's so young. She just turned 18, bro. Like, right. I'm going to owe her like fucking 15 grills and all kinds of shit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. nah, dude, it, it ain't that deep. Bro. I love this shit. The behind the scenes stories on how people get fucking watches no I, I'm, I'm saying what do you think the climate of the sneaker game is right now like you, you think it's at, at a good place you think like yeah I think it's dope I mean it's the, it's the best time for a sneakerhead to be alive right now like you know, something I, for I, everybody I tell people I made I became a millionaire off selling my sneaker collection mm-hmm. and that's yep. true um, I, I never thought it would be where it is now yeah did you ever think it'd be where this is right now with like for the last X? five years I keep saying the sneaker market's gonna blow like the bubble's gonna pop Jesus. but now I'm just like you know what it's never gonna pop. There's just so many people on planet Earth, and you know what? Shout out to Skechers because Skechers is like the third biggest sneaker brand in the world, right? And you got to think that if Skechers is number three, everyone who owns a Skechers right now and only buys Skechers, they don't read hypebeast. They don't know about Virgil Abloh and they don't yeah. know about Sakai. Those are all potential customers of Adi and Nike. That's crazy. So if you think one day in the future, if you think everyone who owns a Skechers right now could be up on stock because X. They, have, they have like the fucking light up shoes. Yeah, exactly. But that's a lot of customers. And you, you travel a lot. You go to airports. You go to, you know, lounges and shit. Isn't everyone in business class and first class rocking Yeezys, off-white, Remova luggage? Yeah. Every single... It, yeah, I just it's feel like, so bad to have Remova and like, fuck, man. It's not yeah. even like... I won't wear Yeezys anymore. No offense to, to Matt George and to Kanye and all them and then my boys and everything. But it's really hard for me to wear a pair of Yeezys. I agree. Um... When Rocky just got out of jail, mm-hmm. he was wearing Yeezys that didn't even come out for like another year or so, like like early prototypes. And I understood, of all people, he's like the guy that's going to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't mind him being that dude. And mm-hmm. sometimes, fuck, I don't give a fuck. Rocky gave me some throwaways. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some shit like, oh, you want this shirt? I'm like, motherfucker, I'm taking it all. Like, you know, like I have no shame in anything. But It's crazy now. It's different if it's a year in advance or even three, four months in advance. I just can't be, I don't know. I just, I just. And to get don't get wrong, man. What he's done is amazing, and and the shoes are comfortable. But it's like fuck every single fucking fob, every like like random middle grade celebrity in Korea. <laughs> Only you could say every fucking and, fob. Yeah, and, and all the Filipino people, they're all rocking Yeezys and all, and, all the and, Chinese and, billionaires. And yeah, yeah. I just I can't do it, dog. Yeah, but like with apps and like Goat 
mm-hmm. StockX, StockX and stuff yeah. were, were being worth billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like when it's you crazy. heard when you heard Flight Club got bought for sixteen million, did you not think like, bro? I remember when I used to fucking give, like I used to get buy fried rice for fucking Demaney. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like he'd vintage be, kit, yeah. Like, what do you think about that? It's amazing. It's just amazing where we're at. LVMH, you know, Farfetch, they're investing in. Foot Locker bought into GOAT now. Yeah, yeah, I I just saw that. Mm Mm-hmm. That is just fucking crazy. Um, Let me tell you the crazy GOAT story. Oh, shit. So I was like, I know some people at GOAT, right? right? And I was like, yo, you know, what is this Foot Locker deal? Like, this is you're losing your independence. Like, Foot Locker is like, quote, unquote, the man in this industry, and you're letting them buy into GOAT. And they're like, I'm not going to say who, but they're like, you know what? We're actually letting them in so that we can learn their systems because we're actually going to buy Foot Locker back in the future. That's our vision. Oh, can shit. you believe that? Like, that's I how hope, gangster they are. I hope this doesn't get anybody in trouble on this thing. <laughs> um, are, are you a sports fan at all? No, nah, not really. I don't have time for it. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I hate people like you. You know what's funny is Tyler, the creator, like I would say shit. And he has a private page mm-hmm. on Twitter, and it's the most amazing private page ever. <laughs> and like, I'd be like, "Yo, listen, I can't fuck with nobody who don't like sports." And then he immediately be like, "I don't know shit about sports." You know, I, and, and, I'll tell you where my sports dropped off. I was a big Bad Boy Piston fan. Okay, Barry Sanders, Cecil, F- like that whole Detroit I was an era. Enorm, enormous fucking Barry Sanders. Fan. I was. Yeah, but after that, I I just can't keep up anymore. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, I still have to. Keep, I, I feel like as a man, oh shit, look at Wale's on TV. That's fucking amazing. That's my boy. <laughs> Wale, oh shit. Um, any other hobbies you have? Work, man. I just work. I knew it, you fucking jerk. You're fucking um <laughs> favorite place to eat in New York City. I'm not giving it up on the air. They always uh, get ruined when I do that. Yeah, you're a good dude. You guys can that, you guys can just keep going to Nobu. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Bro, no offense, man. I I you know what it's crazy I've never I haven't met Mr. Matsuhisa, right? Uh-huh. Bro, the food is just so dude, it's not it's not McDonald's, it's but it's gotten to like it's P.F. Chang's a sushi now, dog. And people yeah. think it's such a big deal. I'm like, yo, bro. And, and even Jiro, like, I went to Jiro, like, no, bro, there's real crazy spots. Like, yeah. did you ever go to Nizawa before it became Sugarfish? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine people, like, we had that. I know. And it just, like, the, yeah. the real sushi Nazi, the real actual wouldn't let you sit for the, you know, omakase. Like, I can't believe I know. we fucked that up. And he'd be... Oh, he, he just got tired, I'm sure. Like, he was one of the biggest fishermen there is. Mm-hmm. And he just got tired. He says, fuck this. I'm going to make no, this fucking... Nobu's good. I, I, I can't... You know, it's, just, it's all right, dude. It's just the thing... It's good. Like, okay, so here's the story. It's like, a 7-8 strong. Recent, recently, I dropped the Nike Panda Pigeons on Network app. And it totally yeah. destroyed the app, right? Like, Bro, we... we I, I, I yeah. was there. Okay, I I'm helped t- you for do the lunch. Yes. Yeah. For people who don't know, yeah. Aaron felt so bad about it that he sent me a ridiculous Nobu gift card after that, right? Because so, he felt really bad. Right. So I take me and my whole team out to Nobu. I hadn't been there like in 10 years. Like, yeah. foodies, no offense, don't really go to Nobu. Yeah. Right. But there's another whole contingency of people that really love bragging about going to Nobu. Yeah. So I get like that it's, it's actually good food. You just don't have to brag about going to Nobu. I don't right. get it. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I, again, then you know. But the thing is, at the same time, I'll go eat at a fucking you know, like I'll go eat at McDonald's. Oh yeah, and that's a weird thing about oh, I that. hops the shit. Like I yeah. love you know, like getting but grimy just, with it. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, there's a little Cuban spot down here. I get empanadas at, yeah. and I'll get like some fucking you know, some some iron beer and some like. And but there's there's a Dominican spot and fucking and Dykeman. There's there's. I mean, I'm just saying like, I, I'm cool. And the funny thing is, not to put Aaron on blast, um, I just dropped this gold money counter, right? Yes, you did. And it's sold out in eight seconds. Uh-huh. I'm really sad I didn't get one. And, and I'm so sorry, dude. So listen, I, I understand I'm not the demo. 
Uh, listen, I, I will say this. <laughs> I I'm never not, held a money stack in I my ear. I won't say it again. This is exclusive. I will only say this to the people that are listening to this episode. I am going to drop them again now. Okay. Because I had because it went too fast. Number and I fucked up the app as well. But the funny thing is, Aaron sent me a fucking Novo gift card. So fucking funny. It took me forever to use it, <laughs> and then finally I had some relatives from Germany come in. We are and blowing I up Aaron's spot right now. That's my dog. I love <laughs> me that too. Dude. I love that guy so much. What's your favorite place to vacation in? Uh, v- pure vacation, I got to say, is actually Barcelona. You mentioned it earlier. Oh, okay. Me and my wife love Barcelona, but Tokyo is really our, our second home. It's beautiful there. It's just hard to unplug out of Tokyo because there's so much going on there. Yeah. So it always becomes a little bit of work too. If Tokyo, <laughs> I-, I can get in a weird mood. I I don't know what it is because I was going to Tokyo before Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. That movie, I know it's so fucking typical and so cool, but it it's really great. did change my fucking life, my vision. There's no way I can't go to the Park Hyatt. It's mm-hmm. impossible. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And why I'm even loyal to the Hyatt brand and stuff and going wow. there, going through Harajuku, it's just, it's even like, dude, I'm doing a collaboration with Murakami. Can you imagine how far I felt like when me and him are in together in Nakano, I've been to Tokyo 30 times. Mm-hmm. I've never been in Nakano before. Yeah. It was like a weird, like, swap me flea market experience. I was like, bro, you opened your fucking store here? Right. Like, you know, going to Nakano. It's incredible. His it's store. It's insane. Yeah. Going through there. Gifts me ridiculous thousand, two thousand dollar gifts here and there. So generous. I'm telling him thank you. He's like, stop saying thank you, Ben. You know, <laughs> thank you for coming to Tokyo for the photo shoot. It makes it more authentic mm-hmm. what we're doing. There's some beef with Chinese, I mean, Koreans and Japanese too. I'm like, yeah. all you motherfuckers need to stop with this shit, bro. <laughs> like, you know, this is what's going to stop people from being bigger. Great. Yeah. And um, we're shooting in Harajuku. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking he's going to shut them all down. He's big enough, right? Boom. And he's like, Motherfucker, it's Sunday. We ain't shutting shit down. You know, we're just doing a gorilla. And I was like, wow, dog, you're a gangster. Go see Futura. Walk it through Shibuya. It's just something that fucks me up internally when I'm walking through Shibuya yeah. crossing everything. And people it's are like, yo, feeling. this is just like, this ain't. And it's like, some of my boys say, hey, listen, man, if you lived here for six months, you'd feel different. And I'm like, you know what? Cool. Mm-hmm. But until then, which may never happen, <laughs> right. I have the nostalgic feeling every time I walk through Ginza, certain things. The fact that the typhoons ran through there, motherfuckers are waiting in line for three hours for toilet paper, not complaining about shit. Yep. People are clean in Japan. It's you perfection. ain't got to worry about ever. Do I could wear a million dollar watch? No one's even thinking about robbing me in Japan. It's not like that over yeah. there. You know? I, I want to move there with my girl. She's half Japanese, so you know, we're, I plan on retiring. Oh, I didn't know I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Another thing, too, is, is you, you mentioned this on, on. Actually, we talked about this off the podcast, but like. Why didn't you guys want kids? It was just something. Is that too personal? I don't know. Is it? Is it? No, it's not too personal. I just don't want to add human life forms <laughs> to this world. This world is such shit that, like, damn, you man. know, more. And, and I recently, I got to say, I saw that video that you posted of, of your kid saying, like, I want daddy. Oh, and man. that shit, I don't know how, how that made you feel because that even tugged at my fucking heartstrings. Do you know something funny? <laughs> uh, that happened, like, the day I left for, for New York. I don't right? know how you got on a plane when you see that video. Like. Here's the crazy part. I've watched that video, like realistically watched it maybe a hundred times. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that in exaggeration. I'm talking about an actual, oh, yeah. literal hundred times. I watched it tw- like 12 times. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man. Because yeah. you know what? Me and my, my first son, we went through it because uh, he had some health issues. Uh, my second son, he was the baby of the family, you know? We have a special relationship. And then the daughter finally came after we mm-hmm. tried if we had a, uh, we might not have had a third kid if we had, you know, the daughter a second time. And so, like, now it's like my oldest son is seven and a half, and then my baby is just two, but she's like a different, it's a girl. So it, it hit me soft, and I feel crazy about it now, touching my heart. And, um, it, yeah, that, dude, I, tomorrow I get on my 80, 86th flight mm-hmm. of this year, eight, six motherfucker, right, right. back. This is like, yo, 
I'm in LA. So I was gonna stay till Friday, mm-hmm. right? Because I had some shit going on. I, I can't. Because yeah. as soon as I land, I have a kid's party to go to on Saturday. Saturday. I have one day to relax on Friday. Well, not really, but Sunday morning, I'm out again. Mm-hmm. I'm out to Seattle. So it's like. Yeah, man. So, but I don't, I can't, I can't bring myself to bring someone into this crazy fucked up world. Yeah. Nah, I just, I just, I don't know, man. Um, next question. Were you ever on Nike Talk? Did you ever have a username? Nope. But you knew about it, I guess. I knew about it, yeah. yeah. I felt like, because I was working with Nike and putting shoes out, I felt like if I was on Nike Talk, it might get me in trouble with actual Nike Inc. When I was working with Nike, it was the same thing. And it was weird. Yeah, and that's like what kind of fucked shit. up everything. And I, was, I knew mm-hmm. going in. I was like, listen, man, it's like, let's, I know it sounds crazy. Yesterday, my boy was like, oh, man, that chick is dope. And I was like, she's a cop, bro. And he's like, a, he's an ex-convict, you know what I mean? And he's like, man, fuck that. I'll smash her down. I'm like, bro, just the fact that you playing with fire, do you know what I mean? She knows. Let's just say you guys fall in love. She can't, you know, she, she'd be like, oh, this dude's doing, you know, I mean, not that he does it now, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you just be like, what if you want to go back to doing criminal activity or something? It's like, bro, it's like a weird thing. Not saying that it was, but it felt like that taboo yeah. to like be involved in Nike talk. And then they were like, hey, boom. Then there was certain language and how it mm-hmm. just got too weird for me, bro. Yeah. Like, you know. I you remember know. one time I had, a, I had a blog back in the day and I wrote about how I remember I didn't like Nike ID and I was like working I with Nike at this time. I get a call from Fraser Cook and he's like, can you take that post down? I'm like, yeah. I didn't even talk shit. I just said like, I personally don't like yeah. it. He's like, no, nah, risk assessment is like not into Bro, that. Bro, I fucking put, when we had the Blue House, yeah. I put, I said, we're having a party here, you know, blah, whatever. They sent me this crazy ass thing. We don't have parties at Nike. We have events. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the next week I walked into the <laughs> office in Marina Del Rey and I was wearing a fucking polo. And they're like, yeah, Ben, um, you know, we make polos. So that's technically a competition. And I was like, bro, man, enough is enough. When I finally blew up and said, fuck Nike on my site, I remember how bad it was. They were, they were telling counts. They were telling my boy who owned the store and Fred Siegel, mm-hmm. hey, man, Ben's allowing your store. If he owns part of your store, we're going to pull your Nike account. They were doing all that kind of shit. Oh, you were I, enemy. Listen, you were enemy. The crazy one. thing is they told Eddie. Uh-huh. They told Eddie, Eddie Cruz, like, hey, listen, you know, this is a problem. Boom. And even Eddie was like, all right, damn. You know, and he was big. He's like, listen, man, I don't want to cause any trouble. Boom. And I was like, you know, I get it. Today, now, I'm not saying whatever. I'm not saying I'm fucking, you know, Mike Tyson or whatever it may be, or I'm fucking Vladimir Putin. <laughs> but they can't do shit to tell me anything, whatever. I don't give a fuck if they bought 15 of my stores or anything. I'm always going to find a way to make money, mm-hmm. period. And that's my life. Yeah. So I will, if I want to wear Nikes and I don't like them, fuck them, whatever. If it's hypocritical, I'll go to Riff. I'll go to fucking somewhere. Any reseller is going to sell me a shoe I want if I wanted it. Exactly. So it's not like they can do anything. I have nothing against them. I'm just saying, like, they, they got don't chill. hold you anymore. They got yeah. chill, dog. They got yeah. chill. Um, when did you first hear me? I'm just curious. Actually, from the DJ era. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was I was cool with AM. He used to go to Reed Space all the time, too. Yeah. And I remember he tried to get a pair of pigeons. I think he had a pair of pigeons, actually. He did. He had them from Tom. Yeah. So I knew about you from back then. That's funny. I posted a picture of his, his pigeons before. Oh, okay. So that's crazy. Yeah. Tell me something that nobody knows about you. <laughs> you already said a lot of crazy shit though. So. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I mean, to be honest, a lot of people don't know a lot about me. I think I try to keep it pretty down right. low and secret. You know, Mr. Fucking Genghis Khan, fucking <laughs> mysterious man, right? I uh, okay. Here's one. I carry in my left pocket, 365 days a year, every day doesn't matter. Chapstick. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> my lips got to be moist. 365. Listen, man. This has been fucking really beyond more. Listen, and don't take this the wrong way. I, I love doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. At the same time, right before any guest, whether it be huge, small, medium, whatever, 
you're a heavy hitter in, in the streetwear game, of course, and more in sneaker world. I just, one, it being fucking, you know, 7.44 a.m. right now in, yeah. in L.A., <laughs> but being starting at 6, you know, it's just like my brain is just really a little bit out of it, even though I was in Tokyo, D.C., back in, I mean, bro, I've been on so many different flights in the last just 10 days. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect. The fact that Jordan and Miles, my producers, had some questions and I didn't go through whatever, so I had to come up with all my shit. Mm -hmm. We still got an hour and 10 plus of content, which is fucking amazing. I'm so excited about this, right? And I'm, I'm just so honored that you went on this show. I'm glad that you even were interested because I didn't even ask. It was like, yo, bro, let's just jump in. And I said, listen, this has to happen. Yeah. And like, because Ronnie um, had to go to Germany last minute. It had nothing to do with you at all. We would have mm-hmm. still did it because I yeah, have yeah. meetings to do today. We were talking last week, yeah. Um, how I end every episode with my podcast with the guest is I asked them, is there anything you'd like to ask me? That's the last question I always I have something that I want to tell you that out of all the fucking bullshit that you say and the advice that you give and all the shit that you you talk about, I want to tell you the one thing that is the biggest jewel that every man, particularly man in this in this world needs to know. You once said, fellas, if you have $10,000 and if your <laughs> wife has $5,000, your total household income is not $15,000. It is $10,000. Yeah. That shit is jewels. Yeah. People, dudes need to recognize. And I have friends that are married and they don't understand. They're like, I don't get it. Like she brought in 10K. I don't understand why she she asked me for the money. I'm like, because yeah. that's not the household money. Listen to Ben. <laughs> that was jewels. I, I don't know. Something must have happened in your household for you to say that. Because you said it on Instagram stories, I think. Yeah. And when it, I saw it, that, I took a screenshot. I was like. It fucked me up because um, even recently, right? My wife is like, hey, listen, did you really buy two Ferraris in one week? And I'm like, babe, one was like a, you know, one car got traded in and the other one I had to get like, and she's like, no, I'm not trying. And it was crazy. She's like, hey, listen, how come I can't go and do, I was like, no one said you couldn't. Mm -hmm. I just, but I'm asking you like, I have, but the thing is, I know how to flip cars and make 50 to 100 grand, whatever, blah, blah. And I was explaining to her, but she, every so often, she's, she's not really, my wife is really unproblematic. You know, if anything, she wants more of my time than anything, which is, you know, understandable. But you know, you, you start to realize when you do taxes and you don't do, you know, you and your wife are combined, whatever. Yep. And you're like, all right, dog, it's not fucking, it's, <laughs> it's not, not, it's not 5,000, 15,000. No. It's fucking 10. It's, yeah, it's you know, you, re- you really can't touch what she has. That's no, her shit. It is. Yeah. It is. And I can't put a, a, a job. It don't matter. She hates the fact that I tell people that we have an any. Listen, bro, when you have two kids, mm-hmm. it, it's tough. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. When you have three, you remember you're outnumbered. Yeah. And it's a different level of yeah. what's going on. Plus, they're all young. So, you know, it ain't like the nanny sits there and fucking, you know, raises our kids. And that's not it at all. Not even mm-hmm. not even, even 5% true. Right. All right. They prepare all the lunches in the morning for school, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, they tidy up certain things here and there. They do things like, you know, the laundry, whatever. But other than that, my wife really does put insane amount you know i have in-laws it's amazing there's always someone at my house which i never liked that before now it's a trip and people think like sometimes like oh man you're going to a hotel to fucking get away not really man i'm i have i have to make sure that it makes sense for me to go spend you know five grand on on a on a air travel and hotel or whatever i gotta be somewhere where it's gonna make sense it's gonna translate into dollars yeah. somehow later or translate into some kind of knowledge to right. me that's gonna better me in future you know in, in yeah. the future and and some forward progress but in this age of like you know women's rights feminism and like you know the me too thing that's like that jewel that you dropped yeah. was actually it's some would argue that it's like sort of medieval and right. ass backwards but right. it's nah, not dude, it's not it's not it's not 
It's some forever male female shit. It is. Yeah. And it's all love. And, and, and you know what? You have a happy home. You will have a happy home if you listen to Ben's advice yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> Yo, man, Jeff Staple, thank you so motherfucking much. Yeah, man. This was really dope. appreciate it, man. All thank right. you, bro. And New York City, yo, listen, man. Uh, Miles, man, Jordan, can you throw on some Lakey Lake? And let's, let's, uh, let's get out of here for a second. <laughs>